0: Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me cast. This is episode 34 of our show. We want to say what's up to all of you folks. My name is Khalif Adams. I am your co-host with, I keep saying co-hosted with this long <laughs> T. It's so weird. I always catch that and it annoys me. But I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Cicero Holmes from the other side of Chicago. How are you, sir?
1: What up? What up? What up? Uh, you know, it's a, a fake Martin uh, intro i am doing very very well it's uh you know it, it's another week we've we've uh we're, we're i guess part of the the nuclear blast of righteousness um that that <laughs> that uh, happened this week i'm really really actually really proud of the fact that that's uh that's something that we can that we can say uh that we're doing and uh and we're you know we're on we're on the other side it is the the day after as it were
0: yeah absolutely the the day after plus 7 days right right <laughs> yeah i would say um you know thank you guys for all the support this week um thank you for all the tweets all the good sentiments of like you guys are saying things that we were hoping you would say and hoping we wanted to hear out in the gaming space um cicero's epic rant his epic mic drop was heard and made tidal waves and tsunamis across the gaming sphere, a little bit, a little something. Uh, so that was actually really, really dope uh, to see. And we really want to thank you folks for, for um, sharing the show and, and, and telling people exactly, you know, where we stand. Uh, and hopefully that's giving you another glimpse and insight into who we are as people so that you can understand what's going on uh, with us. And I know Cicero has lots and lots of, uh, folks, to kind of you know give thanks to and and, and shout out. So I'm going to let him run through that real quick.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so we should have some, some like shout shout music. Uh, some get some red alert. Shout it out. Um, shout it out. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, on Twitter, uh, lots lots and lots of people um, came back and and had some really positive and touching, really touching things um, to say. And and I'm you know I'm going to name a few people. Um, if I don't name you, doesn't mean that I don't think that what you said didn't, you know, affect me. Um, but, uh, you know, in the interest of time, I've got to, I've got to, you know, keep it, keep the list a little brief. Um, I want to say a, a quick, great shout out to, um, the, the, the women over at the unconsolable, podcast and and if you guys aren't <laughs> listening to that um what i called it was it was my moment of zen after listening to us if you're listening to us and we feel angsty and we're all cursy they're like the opposite of that it's just it's just like a ray of sunshine um that's jessica dennis and and anna uh tarkov they're wonderful 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 uh women who uh talk about games without talking about console games, console games, scare them and they don't scare us. So uh, (laughs) thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, ladies for all the wonderful things that you had to say. And uh, for the uh, potty jokes, Jessica, you're awesome. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I want to say a, a quick shout out to uh, Javier Payano, AKA Maximus prime on Twitter. Um, He he shouted shouted me out on Twitter, but also shouted me out on the Xbox One, which is something that you guys are more than welcome to do. Um, uh, you know, Javi, I hope I can call you Javi. Um, the what you said, man, it really, it really, really touched me. Thanks a lot. You know what you said, um, it was it was really awesome, and and I'm you know I'm I'm glad that uh, what what I said affected you in in the way that it did, and and you know that you're able to to gleam some some wonderfulness from our show uh, just in general because it, it means a lot to both of us um, also uh, our, our our new best buddy the, the high dvorak the diabolical doctor that he is um, yet another uh, yet, yet another shout out to you brother um, great great job um, thanks a lot for sharing the show uh, Steve Lubitz. Um, Of the isometric show Um, peek behind the curtain. We were trying to get him on the show for today at the very last minute, but it didn't work out. Um, uh, Steve, we love you. Uh, You know, again, we love you guys over there. Can't wait to um, hear what you guys have to say on isometric this week um you know i'm sure it's i'm sure it's really really tough we're we're kind of separated and i know that you guys have a lot of stuff that's going on uh we stand with you guys um and and last but not least uh i, I want to send a a really really sincere shout out um he he's kind of like a brother brother in arms to us um verinda uh Virinda jubal um, and if that name sounds familiar to you guys, um, there's a hashtag that's going around right now that that kind of popped up on Tuesday. That's that's gone viral is uh, hashtag Stop Gamergate 2014. Um, he he is the creator of that uh, hashtag. He's also a fan of this show. Um, so uh, he and I had had a really awesome conversation um, and he's on his way to India for a sabbatical of sorts and, you know, it's kind of going to go and hang out and, and have a good time out there. So uh, best of luck, safe travels. I hope you, you landed well and everything is okay. Um Verinda, we've uh, we've got some information for you that may hopefully will make you really happy towards the end of the show. Um, and uh, we love you, man. And we, we love what you've done. You've given lots of people, lots of hope. So thanks a lot for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You have like totally sparked the conversation that we were hoping was, was going to happen. And that has been really, really good to see uh, folks kind of get together and, and, and group up and kind of sh- not shout down, but basically give the, the, the opposing uh, argument that the uh, Gamer are trying to to give. So we having that opposing side is really, really good. And um, we need we need more of those conversations to happen in, in our game spaces. We I, I kind of appre- appreciate the fact that people are now not afraid to speak up and to talk about what their views are on this subject without feeling like they're going to be, uh, to a certain extent, harassed or doxed or, or, or some of that. Some people are still getting it. There's been even more revelations that have happened in the past 24 hours with some of the main characters or, or or people in this story uh zoe zoe Quinn's boyfriend basically was or had to not had to quit a job because uh gators were were you know harassing the studio that he was supposed to be working for um so the fight is still going on it shouldn't it's so crazy it's such a weird weird time um but we're gonna we're gonna kind of keep this show a little bit more positive. We have actually a couple of really cool things uh, to talk about, plus a very special, exclusive interview, exclusive. Anyway, (laughs) an exclusive interview with Drew Murray, the director of the game director on uh, Sunset Overdrive uh, from Insomniac word. So we have a really cool interview coming up that you'll hear on the backside of the episode past the music break. Uh, But really quick, we're going to give something that I haven't been able to do in a while because I'm because I've forgotten uh, to do it. And it's probably my bad, but we always ask folks to review us on iTunes. And we've gotten some reviews. We're going to go back a little bit. We'll, we'll kind of add, we'll kind of speak, uh, uh, we'll go in chronological order, but, uh, I want to get some of the folks who got us, uh, some five star reviews. Um, and we hadn't had a chance to shout them out. You actually did shout out two of them, uh, with Heidi Dvorak and Jessica Dennis. Uh, but I want to give a quick shout out to Soren who shouted this out. Uh, and gave us a a really awesome review. He said, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. There are three types that I listen to for different things. I listen to fan podcasts for enthusiasm, news outlet podcasts for personalities, and developer podcasts for uh, thoughtful analysis. Spawn on Me does uh, all this with the added bonus of having a fresh perspective and a podcast that's not afraid to discuss social issues. Give it a listen. You'll be impressed. Uh, So, Sorin, thank you so much for that. Uh, Staccata from the Boom podcast. Check them out. They're pretty dope. Uh, he says, "I love black people and I love video games." He says, "By their powers combined, they are the Spawn on Me podcast. Great <laughs> stuff. Love how the hosts vibe. That's awesome." And um, and Jessica Dennis, uh, who we just mentioned, said, "I hadn't considered myself a gamer previously, but this stuff is interesting and I think uh, important as cultural phenomena. Spawn on Me provides a different perspective than most gaming podcasts." But uh, both about gaming and culture around them, it's both entertaining and illuminating. So I highly recommend adding this one to your podcaster of choice. So thank you guys so much. Uh, And if you do want to hear your reviews read on our show, send us a review. Uh, We'll definitely read it. I'll be more timely about that. Uh, We have some more that we're just going to hold off to the next show. So we don't give you like 20 minutes of shout outs. But I want to, again, thank you all for doing that. It really means a lot to us as far as exposure goes uh, and sharing the show. And spreading the rumors and lies about how I don't know good music Um, that some people on this podcast do.
1: Right. Well, see, no one said that you don't know good music. It's just that I know music better. That's it. It's not that you're not good. I'm just fucking great.
0: I'm I'm I don't I don't know if Engelberg Humperdinck really qualifies for that. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Listen, but like we said, when you're gonna you keep get it. when
1: you get that, that dark child remix of Engelberg Humperdinck, that's you know, you are doing all right. Um, Some Roddy Jerkins. First
0: of all, you first of all you just said Dark Child, <laughs> who I haven't heard about since the girl is mine. I mean the boy is mine from Brandy.
1: Oh man.
0: Which is a whole another story in and of itself, which I don't know if I necessarily ever want to go into. Oh my uh, god, my love for Brandy was so dope when she was on Moesha. Man, uh, damn. Uh,
1: there you go. Yeah, Moesha. Moesha uh. was the devil. Not not Brandy. Not Brandy, but that show because that show brought out a bunch of people. That show um, introduced us to Ray J, and he is he's ah oh. he, uh, Ray J. Ray J. Can we talk about... No, no I'm just yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, really quickly, because he was upset that I didn't mention him by name, but I just want to shout out uh, one of my longtime friends, uh, Xavier Edwards, who I mentioned in the show, uh, Not By Name, last week. Um, he is someone that I've been playing with for a really long time. I've known him for almost uh, almost 12 years now. And he was upset that I didn't mention him by name. So Xavier Edwards, your name is out there. Whatever your gamer tag is for this moment, you'll probably switch it seven times between now and when this show actually releases because he likes spending his money by switching his gamer tag. Um, but uh, yeah, if you, if you listened to the show last week, you could probably Sherlock Holmes your way into figuring out who specifically Xavier Edwards is, but uh, yeah, Xavier Edwards. There you go, Xavier Edwards. Xavier Edwards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is, is a word. This is gonna be some like circle within a circle. Right. What is, yes. what is this? this is like how many times it's like Candyman? He's gonna pop up. Right. Right. Or like two more, right. two more. Two more. Two more times. Right. We'll say. Oh wait
1: a minute. Wait a minute. No, hold on. Here you go, Darwin Xavier Edwards. Bam. Full blast. Full blast. Good lord. All right. I don't even
0: want to know what the deal with that. <laughs> um, so we've been um, playing some stuff. We've been playing. Well, actually, I've been playing some stuff, and you've been playing some stuff. We had just finished playing some NBA 2K. I know we talked a little bit about it, and we're not going to dwell on it this week. But um, in the continuing, uh, chron- <laughs> in the continuing story, basically of Leafy Green, and what's your character's name? Oh, is he's Frank, just he's Frank name-
1: Holmes. It's, it's it's real. It's real easy. You can't. You know. No one says Cicero. There is no voice prompt for Cicero. So, um, but there is there is a voice prompt for Frank, which is uh, you know uh, shit. Like uh, I mean, the only thing I haven't given given out is my social security number. Um, but Franklin Basically. is my middle name. So uh, so Frank Holmes is is my dude. Um, yeah. Nice. So yeah, so you can you can actually hear a full voice prompt for the eraser, my my uh, yeah. my
0: character so i I have finally gotten through my second I'm into my second year of my my player career um and I have forced my way through dubious distinctions and lots of back talking and I am the basically Liwald dang of the Sacramento Kings where I go around and leak things to the media uh so <laughs> i've tried the, I've, I've weaseled my way that's racist off of the the terrible. <laughs> Uh, Sacramento Kings and awful DeMarcus Cousins and I've now Gotten my way back home To the place where I belong The New York I'm, Knicks I'm coming, I am now I'm coming, Don't you ever sing that song on this podcast I will punch you through the internet <laughs> Through the internet I will punch you Um, so I've gotten back onto the Knicks and I'm really happy about that because I'm playing with people who actually know how to shoot the ball and that's awesome I got my number back I'm now 24 like I'm supposed to be thanks to Cicero's helpful uh, hips uh, hips (laughs) his hips and tricks that's funny (laughs) Cicero Shakira Holmes anyway
1: yeah, they don't lie man.
0: uh, they don't lie Uh, so so I got my 24 back and uh, I'm having a good game the funny thing is one I can't play online because online is still broken. I've tried to play numerous times and it's still broken. And also the audio like we talked about last last week is is getting considerably worse the longer that I play it. It's either like the combinations of the people who are uh, mentors on other teams plus like weird bugs that are happening in the game with the audio. It's It's so many things that make me feel like, you know, we talk about the two versions of the game that you get. This isn't even stuff that you would talk about as far as like, well, it's a roster issue or it's the servers. This is like stuff that they are like banking on that's broken and not working correctly. Um, So I I would say, honestly, that if you're if you're thinking about buying this game and you just want to play basketball, buy it. Don't expect the other cool things that go along with it to work well, because they don't. This is one of the most broken versions of 2K basketball I've seen in a long time as far as the Periphery stuff that you'll be doing uh, In the game and that's all I'm going to say on it Because uh, I want to keep it short Right
1: anyway. well and, and, but you know what And and the funny thing is the reason that that stuff is broken Is because they're trying to innovate And that you know and like so We can take them to task because the stuff they tried to Implement doesn't really work Well um, And it you know seems kind of nonsensical But I still applaud their ability Sitting at you know they're sitting At the top of the mountain right now In terms of you know Maybe second to FIFA in terms of sales of sports games, sports you know for sports titles, um, right? But but I, you know I really still applaud their the the fact that they're trying to innovate. Um, but it, it's it's again there are lots of things that are head scratchingly dumb. And and so case in point, um, Frank Holmes, the eraser, is a center for the Houston Rockets. Um, I was just named the starter on that team. And I am starting at center. And, you know, most people who know NBA basketball and know the Houston Rockets would say, hey, wait, isn't Dwight Howard the starting center for the Houston Rockets? Yes, he is. Except now. No, he's not. He's coming off the effing bench. And it's not like um, rating wise, we're even close. My dude is a 72. Dwight Howard is an 88. But Dwight Howard is now the sixth man. Um which is which is weird, and even made more weird by the fact that um, the three my starting point guard, um, my starting shooting guard, who's James Harden, and my starting small forward, who's Trevor Ariza, are all out with ankle injuries for significant periods of time. So now I've got three bench players and me, who's a glorified bench player, that are starting along with Thomas Jones instead of. Dwight Howard starting, who's, you know, by by at least 10 points, the best best player on the team that's able to play. Um, so that it just doesn't make any sense that he's coming off the bench and he's playing limited minutes. Um, then uh, just uh, r- like uh, like Ka said, we we played a game just before we both played games just before we started recording. I played my game. And uh, we played against Paul George. Shout out to Paul George, who actually knows how to read, enunciate and (laughs) show inflection and and, you know, actually perform uh, V.O., uh, which uh, which you know you shouldn't necessarily really give anybody props for that but in this game you have to. Paul George actually sounded like a human being as opposed to someone who was just learning how to read Um, you know <laughs> cough cough James Harden So you're the rookie that's gonna shock the world huh? Sure as heck gonna try. Good I'm glad you're here. Just remember it's all out there for you. Work hard listen, watch how we do and you've got a chance to be something special and let's see what you got um, but so Paul George and I had a little tête-à-tête at the at center court before the game. Uh, the game's over. We lose by four. And in the tunnel, the, there's a cut scene where I'm I'm approached by James Harden. And in this game, I had five assists as a center. Um, James Harden b- began to take me to task for not getting him the ball. Um, uh, you know, more enough times so that he could do what he need to do on the court. Um, James Harden is out for six to eight weeks.
2: And
1: <laughs> and he's still asking me to pass him the ball. What am I supposed to do? Pass you the ball while you're sitting on a bench in, in a suit? Um,
0: I'm in my car, man. Right, pass me the ball.
1: Right. Like, like, you know, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but when it doesn't make sense, it's like their attempts at immersion break the immersion when it just doesn't make any sense. Um and, and right. you know, like first off I've got to listen to James Harden struggle with actually reading and, you know, there's no performance whatsoever. Um he's angry with me, but he's he is talking like this. Like I'd rather have Peter Dinklich um read the lines to me <laughs> as as the spark, as fake Cortana in this in this game then then have James Harden read any more lines to me and and he's not even playing then then after it was done you know so then my choices were to say to apologize for not passing him the ball while he's not playing or tell him to get out of my face because he's not playing and I say get out of my face and I curse him out essentially and then after that you get badges for doing different things my badge was for being friendly I'm cordial to all of my players, all my teammates and the coaches and everything else. I just finished cursing somebody out. Like, and I'm friendly. It's, you know, it's like, come on, you know, come on guys. Come on guys. Like, thank I, you. So
0: that was the nicest cussing out. I've right, ever. Had. Right.
1: Right. With all due respect, please shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's It's, it's, Like, I appreciate what they're trying to do. I really appreciate and I really applaud them again for innovating and for, for attempting to do something that you, you rarely see in, in sports games and adding those RPG elements and, and really trying to immerse you. But it breaks the immersion when it just doesn't make any sense. And, and, you know, that's what, that's what they had to, that's what they wound up doing here. Um, the one thing I will say is when I heard that, Pharrell and Pharrell is my favorite producer. Um, you know, you know, you can you can say what you want about me. I love the Neptunes, I love NERD, I love Pharrell. Um, he's way overexposed. And when I found out that he was curating the soundtrack um for this game, I thought we were gonna get another Jay Z version of the soundtrack. Um, one of the things that I love the most about this game is the soundtrack. I think it's phenomenal. I've heard so many other people disagree with that. I mean, I'm in the same camp as you
0: with that, but I've heard so many people say that they hate the soundtrack. And I'm like, I think this is
1: a soundtrack for people who are above the age of 30. Right, 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 right. And, And again, you know, their opinions of this really don't hold a lot of weight because as the Internet already knows, Stubby Stan has excellent taste in music. So... Um, if he says the soundtrack is phenomenal, then he's probably right. You're a
0: smug bastard. <laughs> One day when we when we when we put these videos up because we do these we're doing these now in Google Hangouts, we just haven't decided if we're going to release them right. yet. These will, these will be the Nas lost tapes, right. <laughs> of Of the Spawn on Me podcast. Um, but every time he says something about how much he is so good at music, he has this big ass cheesy smile that he makes. <laughs> That is like the Cheshire Cat of smugness. Yeah. It's goddamn it. Yeah, hey. It's it's endearing <laughs> and annoying at the same time. Goddamn it. <laughs> um, oh, man. I'm, yeah, but I'm I agree. I, I think this soundtrack. <laughs> you're on <an, an, laughs> yeah. Nah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll keep it <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I would say I agree. It's this yeah. is one of the better soundtracks that they've done, and they need to not have other people curate anymore i think this is the last time they should do that because it's it's getting a little bit over the edge right
1: right but yeah like that becomes the story too you know it's like who gets the who gets the the cover um and then you know bullet points for new features and who's going to curate the soundtrack yeah like that's like it it's the thing that music people can aspire to now like i've always wanted to be in the cover of of the game Um, Or I always wanted to be in the game. And now it's, you know, who's going to who's going to be that guy that gets to Mm -hmm. to be the music guru for the next version of the game, which is kind of dumb.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think some other people who go into the category of I appreciate what you were trying to do. uh, I think some new people who are fit into that category are the folks over at Polygon and Giant Bomb this week. Um, we have been talking about the Gamergate stuff, and all of you have heard all our all our rants. Um, but a lot of folks on Twitter and in the social media spaces have been saying, "Hey, you guys have huge audiences." We kind of called them out last week. Um, some other folks, Frank Sefaldi as well, right. and a group, a, ho- a whole bunch of other people have been saying, "Hey, you guys, where are you, where are your voices on this?" Um, and and most of the big sites this week uh Came out with their their stances. They 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 drew their lines in the in the sand as well. I I would say it's a little bit too late. Right. Which is I mean you want to give people credit for do it's not you know I don't know it's the it's the kind of like I take care of my kids argument right right you right, know right. I take care of my kids right, right. you're supposed to you take a care cookie? of your kids
2: <laughs> yeah but you, what want, do a you want a cookie bis- <laughs> <laughs> what do you want a cookie yeah.
0: um and it's it's kind of that thing. So Polygon ran a story. Um, I guess you can talk about the Polygon one. I'll talk about the Giant sure. Bomb one because I, I, I ran about that. Right. But um, so the Giant Bomb one, I'll run through that is it was interesting. Jeff Gersman kind of goes over the, the, the whole thing uh, where he, 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 he basically tells he's like, hey, we here at Giant Bomb are not down for this. We think it's kind of silly in the way that. You know, it's a lot of misinformation by the Gamer Gators and a lot of people have been duped into it to a certain extent because they've jumped in on it late. Um, They're kind of misinformed and and it's a lot of circular conversations happening within the community that get pushed back out as misinformation um, from them. And the harassment is something that we should all abhor and not uh, not not deal with. Um, It it was interesting to see the comments in the thread that go along with it. You can't comment in it now because it's been locked. Um, and the, the same conversations that were that you would expect of a lot of the people rallying behind them who are their community was good. There were also some gators in there who were just like, you guys don't understand what's going on. And also, these are some things that if you want some information about us, they basically did their like drop a flyer on your window before you bounce out. <laughs> <Right. laughs> kind of move, which I thought was interesting, too, because they didn't they didn't remove them out of the out of the uh, the equation. Also, I thought it was really interesting that Brianna Wu jumped in and had and added her two cents and was like, you know, this is this is basically a whole bunch of men adding adding their commentary to what's happening to women. And you should you should basically ask more women to be on this conversation. And if you're going to have it in a proper way, which I thought was also another part of that coin, which to a certain extent is really true, like. We do hear all these things with Not Your Shield. And I think I want to talk about that with, uh, uh, with uh, Brother Jubal. I always mess up his first name, so I always always do that the wrong way. I need to <laughs> yeah. remember that, especially with a name like Kali Fucking up other people's names is not acceptable. But... Um, there was one paragraph that I think was really interesting that he put in there, which kind of speaks to what we were talking about. I'm going to read it really quick. Okay. Um, uh, he says, I hate to present this as a one side uh, attacking another side. When at the end of the day, the video games that join this whole thing together, make this more of a us versus us sort of conflict. Right. Uh, but some of the people failing, uh, falling on the anti gamers, anti gamer side are employing the same sort of, you're with us or against us mentality. As those people get more frantic, they also damage the message that they're trying to express. Silence isn't complicity. Silence may also be not letting the campaign of hate and chaos be taken seriously by not giving it a place at the table. Now, from a distance, this whole topic looks like every other politicized media conspiracy, with two sides full of extremists and both of the people in the middle looking disillusioned by the whole debacle. I think that is kind of shitty. I think that that's not necessarily the truth or fair. Yes, there are versions of both things on both sides where people are like saying terrible things and there are a whole bunch of people who are not really basically being above board with saying that they're doing one thing, but they're actually doing another. You know, I think that there are people, like he said, on both sides who can be, who can be kind of crappy. But for the most part, the information that you're getting that is being disseminated throughout the Internet is negative things coming from that side. There there are even some stories of gators who are doing charity events and all these other things. But I think the people who jumped on board in the beginning, it's a very different story from the folks who jumped in from the beginning about where their where they're, um, uh, laurels lied as opposed to where all the folks who jumped in afterward did. And and I think that there's a huge distinction in that. And that conversation is one that needs to be discussed as well. Like the Total Biscuits, the King of Poles, who, if you've ever gone on gone to any of their streams, especially in the past two, three months, have been talking massive amounts of shit about the social justice movement and all of the things in in, in there, too. So it's. It's interesting to see how those conversations are kind of forming outside of it. But it's weird also because those are the same conversations that we've seen from lots of the conservative movement over vast amounts of time of like social justice isn't a real thing. You know, there was a HuffPo interview that had the women who are uh, down for Gamergate, uh, which was a really interesting uh, uh, phenomena. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It's always I'm always really interested to see, and I think I need to learn new adjectives. Uh, <laughs> it was it's really crazy to see folks who will talk against their self interests in a way that makes them just feel good about themselves. Now, mind you, I'm not telling that people need to, you know, jump on every bandwagon and everything. Take that with a whole cloth attitude. I don't think that's necessarily right because we're all individuals. No one is a monolith. But it's also really interesting to see when people will jump out and say, uh, I have this concern about what's going on in this in society. And it will always be the detractors who are on the opposite side of that, who are like, everything is perfectly fine. Right. Nothing is wrong at all. Why are you beefing? Why are you bitching and moaning? Move along. Move along. Yeah, there's nothing here. Just because it doesn't happen to me. Like, it doesn't happen to me. So that means that it's not it's not relevant or it's not reasonable. That I find really like a weird kind of phenomena that happens all the time you see it in racial issues you see it in in issues of gender and 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 other things like that and i'm just like where are you what are you talking about like how you are can you not even fathom the logic that someone else may not be experiencing the things that you are
1: yeah uh, well well said um i'll say that the polygon the the polygon article um which was written by the eic of polygon uh chris grant and mm-hmm. uh, was was an excellent article it was excellently written um you know wonderful points that were that were brought out that uh was was probably you know on, on the conservative side a week too late um you know right. when when the new york times is scooping you for you know your niche news you know, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of how how I'd have to describe it. You know, gaming is a niche, um, or a niche, or a niche, or whatever you know, however you'd like to pronounce your French. Um, is uh, when when the major news outlets, uh, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, even the Fox Newses of the world, are reporting on these things before. The industry in which they're talking about it is reporting on those things, you know, and like that's your charge, your charge with with covering this industry. Um, there's there's a problem. There's definitely a problem. Um, right. And and um, while I really, really do applaud the words that were said, I wish that they were said much, much earlier in the day. Um, and, um, you know, and the day meaning, um, you know, if, if Gamergate is a day, I wish it was, um, you know, much earlier on that they, that, uh, Polygon kind of officially took a stance on this stuff because, you know, there, there wasn't anything new. There wasn't any new evidence out there that allowed them to really sit back and say, oh, you know What? Now that this has come out, now we really need to to really say something. uh, Everything that's happened was already happening and they could have easily come out and said something a long time ago because there was, you know, again, there was nothing new. There was no new information that came out last week, despite the fact that I think, um, you know, unfortunately for Brianna, but but. Her being forced out of her home um, and still, you know, for the most part, as far as I know, still being out of her home um, has sparked has sparked and has sparked enough outrage um, collectively that it made people stop. It made us rant. It made uh, Virenda create that hashtag and it made so many people finally say, "Okay, all right, guys. You, know, you had you know you had your time to play now it's time to put away your toys and start acting like grown-ups um and and you know now polygon and and it would have been nice to see the gaming journalism industry be out in the forefront of this and calling a spade a spade back when they knew it was a spade um because you know the tigers never changed its stripes it's always been there it would have been nice to see them be the leaders um, like Frank Cifaldi was calling people out and doing and and you know, if 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 Chris Grant had done what what uh, Frank was asking Owen to do last week, Owen wouldn't have had to send out the, the ridiculous tweets that kind of showed his true colors uh, last right. week. And, you know, and it may have stopped me from calling him a misogynist um, and, and calling him out. Not that he cares, but, uh, you know, I did it and you can still come and talk to me, Owen. Um but uh, so, I mean, it was it was a great read. It was it was really nice for them to say. And, you know, and one of the things that that he had to say was that people that don't believe in social justice being a part of games and progressive thinking being part of games and, and you know, and attacking gaming, gaming journalism for being left leaning and being progressive. Um, uh, he, you know, basically he kind of said, well, you know, if you guys want to have a space where, where you cover games and you don't talk about that, that type of stuff, and you don't think it's something that should be added, then create a site by all means, create a space where you can, you can have discussions about games in that way. Um, and, and he says exactly. If you truly believe there's an army of people who reject progressive voices and outlets like Polygon and Kotaku or who would prefer coverage just about games, then I encourage you to start a new site for those readers. There's no easier or better time to do it. Um, and and I guess the question that I'll ask for you, you know, I'll ask to you, Cod. you know, and maybe we're the wrong people to ask this question um, is, do you think there's a place in gaming for a Fox News for games, um, for for, well, for a you know and like as as the Republican on the show, I'm the, I don't watch Fox News other than to laugh. Um, liar, yeah, I, yeah, I really, <laughs> I really don't. Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll say this much: I think that there are some very very intelligent people that are that are anchors and hosts on personalities on Fox News, and and they. They get the joke that they're putting out. and unfortunately, they're complicit in and spewing out lots of the dumb and dangerous rhetoric that we wind up hearing from people um, because they know that the people that they're talking to aren't sophisticated enough to get the joke. Um, so, so you know, so from that perspective, um, I'll listen to it and I understand like, okay, yeah, you guys aren't really news, you know, you're not news personalities, you're just personalities on a TV show. Um, right. But I would say, I, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Sorry, I was I was going to say
0: it's, the, framing it in that way is actually an interesting way to frame it because to a certain extent, the idea that social justice has, has gotten its grubby paws on gaming in a real way is is bullshit in the beginning it's like and I'm not saying that that's what you're saying but I'm saying like that that kind of stance that folks are saying right now is really really just not even close to being what's actually happening like the perception that that, that's going on in the actual reality of what's happening is Society as a whole is having this real uh, uh, tug of war right now between and it's been doing this forever between progressive thought and progressive actions and progressive social justice and America. At least if we're going to talk about America right, being right, America. Right. 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 Which is like we can do what we want. We've been doing what we want forever. You know, and this is what we do. Right. You know what I mean? Like I can I can I can have my cake eat it to until you get the fuck off my land all at the same time and not go to jail for it or not be arrested for it. Like it's a part of the freedoms that we have, but also it's just like some of the, some of the basic principles of what has happened to a certain extent in our country have never been clean. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about things moving away from the, the, the kind of evils that we've seen in not only just American society, but like human, the human, human condition, Some of those things are hard, you know, hard lessons to learn. They're hard habits to break. So when we talk about the, the what would the Fox News be, you know, then you have to do like the pro con versus kind of chart. And you're like, all right. So progressives say that they want more diversity in games. What would be the conservative slant on that? We want less diversity in games. Like, how do you defend that? Right. Like, how can you even broach, how can you even broach that as a, as a subject that you would say out of your mouth without people being like, you're an asshole. Right. You know, I want, I want more, uh, uh, I want more women to, I want women to have more prominent roles in the, the, the game development cycle and the game development industry. Conservative side would be like, no, we don't want that.
1: Right. Well, like well, it depends. I, it
0: depends on how, what your, what your conservative scope and and, I, and and purview would be in that in that respect. It's like, is are you just the complete opposite of everything that the progressives say? Or is it, you know, what what are your what are your conservative values, social values telling you that games are that they're the providing or not providing and that you want to see more of?
1: Right. Well, the, the, so the argument that I've heard made um, specifically about, you know, women's uh women in game development's uh, inclusion in, you know, or women's women's inclusion in, in game development has been that I'm all for women being in game development as long as they don't try to um, create more women in the games. Which, you yeah. know, which, I mean, which sounds completely ass-backwards and, and ridiculous to person who you know a person who who considers themselves to be reasonable but this is something that someone took the time to write out like they thought about it they processed Mm -hmm. it they spell checked it in their head and then they put it on the internet um so this is something that that people actually feel and and you know uh, so in ancient greece there were no female actors um you know every role was portrayed by a man Right. In, in, in the, you know, up until the late 40s, uh, you know, in the early 40s, there were, it was commonplace for a, a, a white actor to portray, to, you know, to paint the, you know, go in blackface, perform in blackface, perform in redface, to portray actors of. Of you know of different different ethnicities, um, to to as you know in in a to way in a way to exploit them, but but the you know society kind of understood that that wasn't right, um, and and it, and it took it took a while it took it took a long long time for us to get there, and I don't think it'll take us that long in games, but I but but you know we we still need to understand that that's you know that's part of the process part of the process is that that a certain group of people create a medium and they're the ones that are telling the stories. They're the ones that are that are you know the, that are kind of putting out the putting out the the, the the uh entertainment for you to consume and eventually as it as it gains steam and momentum, more and more people get interested in that medium and more and more people would like to tell the story they would like to be in control of telling the story and 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 you know and they want the stories that they tell to be reflective of their experiences and reflective of of who they are as individuals and that's what you know And so as more black people as you know as more non-white males get involved in a medium you're going to see um, lots of, you know, lots of information and, and lots of of content that doesn't feature non-white males. And that's a very good thing. Um, you know, and but but not everyone feels that way. and and you know, maybe, maybe there should be a a place for the bigoted gamer, a place for the misogynistic gamer. and, and you know, and and they they'll call it something, that doesn't necessarily immediately let you know that that's exactly who these people are. But but essentially, that's who I they are. I hate
0: everyone who's not like me.com. Right,
1: right. I mean, you know, like... <laughs> right, we, you know I want my gaming back and you know we're gonna you know this you know tea, right. part, tea party gaming or something like that and if somebody fucking comes up with that no, they'll
0: they all rock the Gatson flag right they right. all rock the Gatson flag on, right. their, on their Xbox avatar yeah
1: like if, if somebody comes up with with uh, party dot com or something like that you owe me some fucking money um, yo
0: we should go see if that's if that's for real we can make some money off yeah, that there we should you go buy there you that URL. Um, go buy that domain
1: yeah, so you know you can you can play games like uh, what was what was the the Republican game? Oh shit, I can't remember it. With with, G-O- with, 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 with G-O-P? GOP, yeah, with GOP. Um, oh, and uh, but like it, sure, I mean, how this is America? It's still it's still, despite its flaws, still the greatest country in the world. If somebody wants to create a site um and and talk about games uh talk about games in you know that that their grandpa used to play back when games were games were games for men who were men and you know for white men who were men then then you know more power to you go ahead and do it um i appreciate the fact that we can talk about the fact that i want to be able to show games to my kids and, and show games to people and and allow them to see that they're represented uh, and show, you know, show some level of diversity and, and a level of immersion and, and kind of show people, again, you know, it's an argument that I've made frequently here that we're, we're not our differences. Even though people are different, the differences are to be celebrated, but our similarities are much greater than our differences. And, and that if you have the opportunity, if you are a white male, if you're a person who doesn't get to see a lot of diversity in, in, his, in their daily life, um, being able to play a game where the person that you happen to play is a person of color, a, a misre- you know, a mis, mis, uh, represented, uh member of society, and you can just immerse yourself in that. Uh, maybe when you unplug, you'll be able to to see that. Oh yeah, we 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 kind of are the same. We're not the stereotypes. People are are just fucking people, and and that'll make you know that'll make everything really really wonderful, man.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, a couple of quick uh things I wanted to say before we boogie on to the next subject is. Pertaining to what you just said, I was tweeted at one day um, when somebody was basically saying, you know, they put up this picture of all the women, like uh, at least like a a mosaic of women who have been in games. Right. So either devs or female characters. Right. Right. So I so I I asked that person a question. I was like, hey, you know, I know you just showed that picture, but I'm sure there are of of the of the ratio of women to men in games. You know, I'm sure it's very much more on the male side. And they spit it they spit back at me some Wikipedia page that had like every female gaming character in it. And I think I think if I'm not mistaken, either it was nine hundred and ninety-five characters or it was like nine hundred and ninety-five pages of 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 women's character or female characters in games. Hmm. So so I was like, even with that said, you just spit that out at me. And I'm sure even with that said There's probably way more men. But even past that, at this point, it's the people that are fighting for these kinds of things, the quote unquote social justice warriors or the social people who care about social justice in a real way and people who are actually caring about diversity, not the not not your shield people and all this other stuff. It's not about quantity for us at this point. It's about quality. It's about. I can have set That's and it's probably the problem at this point is like people feel like you can just throw a whole bunch of black dudes in a game or a whole bunch of women in a game or a whole bunch of uh, Latin people in a game. and Be like, here you go. You got what you wanted. Right. Cool. I'm out. If the, if the characters aren't good characters, if the characters aren't ones that you care about or make the game or aren't, uh, you know, uh, have the game wrapped around them in a real way. It doesn't really fucking make a difference. That's awesome. So that's one thing. Second thing is the thing that Gamergate has taught me uh, that I think is really important and it it needs to be, it needs to be some reflection. And I think uh, I would ask everyone in the audience to to also know this, because this is not, this is not high level shit. This is not like high level thinking I'm about to hit you with. But the idea that the Gamergaters have been talking about for the longest about, how they hate to be represented or to be told that they are these white cis male gamers who are neckbeards living in their basement. We understand that that's not the case to a certain extent, right? And that's the beauty of the, the, the bigotry that we've seen to a certain extent. Right. And it goes across all strata. It's like there are lots of bigoted people in Gamergate. There are lots of people who don't want to see women get further in their careers. There's a lot of people who feel that the status quo is absolutely fine. So if anything, Gamergate has just put another spotlight on the fact that there are shitty people of all stripes right.
1: and they all do what they do. Right. Um, and and it, I'll I'll just say this. That's called generalizing, right? And guess what? If you don't like to be generalized, think about how we feel. Where, where for our entire lives, for women's entire lives, um, they've been generalized. So if if for five minutes you're being generalized, and that shit doesn't that doesn't taste really good going down the throat, think about having years, literally years, decades of having general generalizations tossed at you as fact. Right. You know, and, and then when you come back and you're saying, "Listen, that's not true about you." Having people say, "No." You know, it's 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 kind of like when, you know, with names like Khalif, and names like Cicero, and people pronounce them incorrectly and you correct them and they're like, "Are you sure? Are you sure that's how you?" Yeah, I think I'm pretty fucking sure how to pronounce my fucking name like <laughs> no, I can. Uh, you know, um, but even better.
0: But even better to that to that to that point is you don't like the generalization, but you're playing into all the stereotypes at the same time with right. all the actions that have come about in the past right. six to eight months. Plus, mm-hmm. this is not new. Right. Again, this is not new. These actions aren't new. This has been happening forever. Right. Lastly, before we move on, right. is <laughs> who got to. Teapartygaming.com dot com is taken.
1: Uh, Fuck. Wow. Really.
0: Yes, TeapartyGaming dot com is taking, but I will buy Teapartygaming.net dot <laughs> org. <.over.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, you you know, people have time on their hands, that's what happens. So <laughs> so if anybody wants to buy that, then do it. Uh and I guess moving on to other stuff would be so I know you have been like a person who's talked about all the advancements and all the things that have been going on on the Xbox One side as far as in, uh, enhancements and improvements to their OS and to their yeah. firmwares and stuff like that. People have been waiting for PlayStation to get on the ball with theirs, and they have just uh, in the past week uh, kind of given a, a roadmap to what's going down with uh, Update 2.0. That's supposed to be coming out hopefully soon because I'm fiending to get my hands on it. They talked about during Gamescom you know, some of the stuff that's going on with SharePlay. Uh, They also added that they're going to bring themes back to the PS4, which is cool. Uh, Shout out to the folks over at Console Kings, actually, uh, for for grinding super hard forever. I talked to some of them in the background about some stuff, maybe, how hopefully, possibly coming out for Spawn on Me. And also, you'll be able to do what you've done on your PS3, which is change the background color uh, and do that stuff. The interesting parts are the ability to basically listen to music while you play. You were kind of oh. able to do that on the Xbox 360 back in the day. You wasn't. It wasn't uh, kind of. You were able you could. to do it. Like You could it do was it. A thing. The, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. I never really used it often <sighs> because it was distracting and I I was like people put actual music into these games and I should be listening to it. Um I, I never really played anything unless it was you know, like Geometry Wars or something like that, where you don't really have to think. Um, and, and the cool thing is that you won't have to necessarily be tied to their so- Sony Music Unlimited service. You'll be able to basically plug in a USB drive with your music on it, and uh, it'll support MP3s and M4As, uh, and that will be pretty dope. Another thing that they talked about that they really needed to get uh, handled is the when you when you have your XMB, all your... Uh, games are in this one really long horizontal line, which if you've had, if you're, if you're doing the digital thing, like I'm doing is kind of a pain in the ass. Cause you can't put things in folders. You have to kind of dig all the way through your, your list. And if you haven't played something recently, you have to dig really, really far back. So they're going to kind of shorten that list up, up, up to 15, which I guess is helps. Mm-hmm. They really just need a folder system. If they could just do a folder system, it would be way better. Um, it would be something that would kind of just get things into a less cluttered state. And also you'll be able to kind of sort through, through things now at this point, which seems again, like these are no brainers. They should have been doing this from the, from the first place. Um, and a, and your PlayStation plus games that you can get for free, you can add them to your library, uh, from the store itself. Uh, so that way you can kind of not have to worry about starting the download. Like you, sometimes you'll miss them if you don't get them in that week or in that month. Uh, and then you'll have to kind of go through that process. Um, lastly, they're just going to uh, add more enhancements to the voice commands, which are really bare bones at this point. Um, I mean, I scream at my Connect a lot uh, <laughs> and it still doesn't work. But the PlayStation, I don't even try the the, the commands because it doesn't really do anything for it. And and they're gonna just clean up some stuff. They're gonna they're gonna make it a little bit better. They're gonna give you more support for your Vita and, and PlayStation TV, which I'm interested in hearing about. If anyone is if anyone has purchased one or bought one and uh, have it and they like it, uh, let us know because I'm interested to see what what what's going on with that. I well, think it's going to be kind of cool.
1: I will say that uh, I was I happened to be on uh, this week's Game Enthus or last week's Game Enthus. Guys, shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to uh, the guys over at Aaron and and Tiny and and Mike over at Game enthuse um, and they've bought uh, two of them have bought um uh, PlayStation TVs, and I will say that because you asked me or you're asking everyone if they bought one and they like them, let you know. So I mm-hmm. I won't say anything else. Okay, cool. Because they they I, bought I them. That. They you know they they got one part of that down. They bought them. They just. Oh, really? It's <laughs> yeah. not. It's not really. It no. No glowing.
0: No <laughs> glowing reviews yet. <laughs> no glowing reviews. They. Like, I mean, the, I did. I don't understand it. Like yeah. you lose a lot of the function. Like I get that you want to play those games on your TV. Right. But the thing about those games is one, they don't really upscale well. Two. Right. The functionality of the Vita itself is what you're paying for. You want right. that back touch, front touch stuff. Right. right. And if you wanted to play games like that on a bigger screen, like I can understand it if you're doing what we do, which is like make videos and, and put up stuff for review, then I can see that being really helpful. Sure. But if you're just a straight consumer and gamer and you're just like, I don't, well, I don't understand the appeal for that, but right. you know, people spend money and Sony will make things so you right. can spend right. money. Well, so. and,
1: and, you know, and basically that's what they're saying. That there really isn't any appeal because uh, you know, there, there are, there are lots of games you, that you just can't play. Um, on on the Vita TV or PlayStation TV here, because um, you know you don't have that touch touch functionality. Even if you know, even if you're using a a DualShock Four with a with a touchpad, it doesn't. They they didn't migrate those you know those controls over onto the touchpad. So you know the certain games like the Uncharted game, you know games that everybody has, Mirasaki baby, um, you can't play it on the on the PlayStation TV. So, it, you know, it's like it's just yet another set-top box, but this one that, you know, this one allows you to play games, but the latency is, is even worse because, you know, so like, uh, you know, for those, of, for those of you who have a PS4 and a Vita, one of the great things about having a PS4 and a Vita is remote play. Taking your game, moving it over onto your Vita, um, there's very little latency, you can, you can actually do it, and it's, it, it's fun. Um, but you can't do it. It doesn't work as well in reverse because the, the Vita, when you move things down to the Vita, what they do is they will sacrifice, um, the resolution for, for, for latency, you know, they'll sacrifice resolution to keep the latency down, but because you're up the stuff. They can't, you know, on the on the on the on the the flip side from you know going from the Vita to a big screen, they can't afford to re- reduce the resolution, so they have to. So latency actually comes into play, um, right? And and right, that right, makes right. it. Yeah, I don't understand it.
0: It, it doesn't make, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of sense to me that that is something that people want. But I suppose so. I guess. I mean, it's it's not like the evil within, where people want to go into that and fuck up a segue,
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I hope, I hope the, uh, the evil within is as scary as that segue was. So,
0: that was too to mother effing Shay. Nicely done. <laughs> thank you. Like, sir. That was a, that was very good. You should take a bow. Thank I will you, smack you. I will smack you with my white glove. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I finally got a copy of evil within. Um, and, As a person who loves, 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 loves survival horror, I wish that we could just do a whole uh, show about survival horror one day. I am really scared out of my mind by this game. This game is pretty good so far. I'm maybe an hour in, maybe 45 minutes in, and uh, it's totally classic survival horror in all the good ways, all the bad ways, and it's a little bit janky, Uh, some of the controls are a little bit funky. They feel okay. Some of the systems are okay, but it also reminds me of just how unforgiving some of the older survival horror games were, like Resident Evil, uh, I think, 3 with the nemesis in it. Like, having a big-ass character that you can't kill, and also, like, Outlast, that you can't kill, stalk you, and there's nothing you can do but run, is still one of the most awesome game mechanics of all time because it just feeds into all the things that you would not <laughs> you first of all you wouldn't be in any of these places second of all if you're black in any of these places you just die in the first two minutes anyway because that's what happens to black people in horror movies so uh, you know it's 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 a good game so far it's it's kind of um has that Resident Evil 4 feel in the, the way that the camera ha- has been placed. It's a little bit tight. The field of view is a little bit is a little bit weird. Plus, what I think is really cool and a lot of people are kind of upset about is it has this very cinematic feel because they've basically letterboxed it. Having that letterboxed view does remove some actual like really good real estate for seeing monsters that are coming at you. But it do- it also adds to the cramped feel. Um, which I think is kind of cool Like I, I don't mind the fact that they've done that I wish there was an option to take it off that you didn't have to basically hack uh, on the PC side but for the most part it plays and feels just like every really good survival horror game that you survival horror game that you'd want to play so it, it's actually just made me uh, really more excited for Silent Hills when that comes out and made me want to go play some more PT uh, which I haven't played in a while but uh, if folks are further along in the game, you know, let me know if it gets better, if it gets worse, if it gets a little bit crazier because I'm having some troubles with the machine that I'm running it on. It's not really a beastly machine. It doesn't need to be a beastly to run this game, but without having to drop the resolution down to straight crap, uh, it, and I don't really want to play it on my, my laptop, but uh, it's good so far. I would say people should try it out and play it. If you can rent it, do it. it it's totally fun.
1: Um, other games that people should try out um if you haven't already uh and you're you're a fan like like i am uh pinball fx2 or zen pinball yeah um check check those out those guys they just do brilliant brilliant stuff they've got lots of different tables the physics are amazing all every single table is wonderful Um, if you had it on the PS3 or the 360, most of your tables migrated over. So if you, you know, if you spent some money and you invested in those, check them out, check it out. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun. There's a walking dead table that just released. And I think there is a South park table or a couple of South park tables that will be, um, that will that are introduced and that will be coming out really really soon. Additionally, on the Xbox One, the Fantasia, um, Fantasia Music Evolved demo is out. Oh um, well, nice! I, I like, still have right. That. I still haven't checked it out. I downloaded it. I still haven't played it. Um, but I've heard really really good things about it. It's probably it's, it's yet another game that will allow you to justify. Um, you know, why, you know, allow you to see why the connect is important. Um, and, and hopefully, hopefully it really does a good job of, of doing so. Um, so yeah, so go ahead and download that and check it out. Um, and uh, while, while you're, while you're downloading it, I think you can listen to our music break. Welcome back to the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 34, Oak Tree. Uh, and uh, hope you enjoyed that music break. That was uh, KV Anime from the NWP Productions Nerds with Passports. Um, that was Epic Pokemon, his, uh, his take on the Pokemon theme. It, it was part of their new... The NWP does a... They do a segment now on YouTube called um, Who Flipped It? Where they get a sample, a video game sample, and two of their producers have to go out and uh, make a version of... The, their version of one of those songs and use that sample and, and create create dope music Um, and you, you, the viewer, the listener get to vote. That was my vote. My vote was for KV anime. Um, go ahead and follow those guys. Um, they're nerds, nerds with passport on, uh, on Twitter and NWP productions on, on, uh, YouTube. So go ahead and follow those guys. They're really dope. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that and you can, um, you know, freestyle, Send, send in sending your 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 uh your your hot sixteen over that track,
0: oh my god you know what? <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna, i'm gonna share some inside baseball for what for a hot second. I know we talked about this jokingly, and I randomly said this to you i guess I was coming home from work. I don't know how this would ever happen, but I really would kind of love there to be an o p p version of spawn on me,
1: yes, yes.
0: And I said this jokingly to Cicero one night, and he was like, "Yo, that would be so dope. It would be so dope." So hey, I'm just throwing that into the engine. Right?
1: You know, yes. If it, come, if it comes
0: back in a, in a in a in a ship in a bottle, that would be awesome. It would. It would
1: be. It would be. You know, because we don't we, have
0: we don't have like a cool fan. We don't have like a go New York, go New York, go version. Right.
1: Right. That is that is very true. That is very true. So you know, if it if it happens to find its way to our doorstep, we will not turn it away. I will not.
0: I will take it and hug it and call it George.
1: Right, right. Um and you know what else I'm going to call call George and hug and and rub and cuddle is um this really super exclusive thing that we've got this great interview that you uh you know you kind of alluded to earlier uh Drew Murray of Insomniac Games. Um he is the game director for this little game, this little exclusive for this small console that people may have heard of the Xbox One. Uh, and the game is called Sunset Overdrive. And uh, you know, these two these two basses from Bricago were able to sit down and talk to them. And you guys are going to get to listen to it, because we're dope, we're awesome, and you guys are the luckiest people on the planet, because you know us. <laughs> uh,
2: oh my god.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, so, I guess, uh, you know, now is our time to, uh, allow you to, to take a listen to the interview. And, uh, we'll, we'll be right back.
0: Hey, everybody. Uh, we wanted to thank you all for being a part of this special, special episode. Uh, we have a very special guest, someone that we have been trying to talk to for their highly, highly anticipated game. The game that basically got me to buy an Xbox One. Uh, we're talking about Sunset Overdrive. Uh, we have, The games director, Drew Murray, on the line with us, hanging out with us today in Bracago. Uh, hey everybody. What's going on? How you guys doing? Doing awesome. 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 So thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, again, like we said, or at least what I said is I'm so excited for the game to come out. Uh, you guys are basically, by the time that this goes live, a week, a week out, uh, when everything's supposed to drop, Sunset Overdrive is going to be out in the world and it's going to be out there for people to play. How do you guys feel about that? It's almost, it's almost time.
3: Uh, it's, I mean, it's just super exciting. You know, we've been working on the game. We've been actually working on making the game for, for three years and uh, Marcus Smith, the creative director, and I have been talking about it off and on for, for coming on, on on to five years now. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, we're incredibly proud of the game. Um super excited to get it out and, and see what everybody thinks about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's like having been pregnant with a baby for five years. Which is, um, you, you, feel, you feel this enormous sense of relief when it gets out there.
1: I mean, <laughs> crying out loud.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is a natural birth and that everything right. goes well.
3: I hope so, too. C-section, whatever it takes at this point. Right.
2: <laughs> oh, my Jeez. goodness.
0: Yeah, it, totally. Um, so before, before we decided to call you guys up and say, Hey, we'd like to talk to you. And we found out that we were going to be able to talk to you, Drew. Um, we did a little bit of, in, did a little bit of internet research and dug, dug a little bit into your past. We were sneaky. Um, <laughs> not really. Cause Google. I, I,
3: hope, I hope you didn't find out too many terrible things.
0: There was that one time in El Segundo, but we're not going to talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> um,
3: El Segundo stays in El Segundo your yes. wallet your
0: wallet was there we found it so right. found it. <laughs> um so so the the cool thing that we actually wanted to talk about when we talk to f- folks about their games you really want to talk to the people about what they about the reasons why they got into the gaming business and you had a really <laughs> interesting story about your travel from uh pre pre designer pre programmer pre uh game person to uh you know, traveling around and doing a whole bunch of different kinds of work. Can you, can you go into some of your background and let the folks know, uh, how you got to where you are now?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. I, uh, after high school I went to university of Texas in Austin and, uh, studied, studied art, did a lot of, uh, painting and drawing and photography and, uh, had a great four years, um, doing that. And then uh, once I graduated, I realized that no one wanted to pay me to do it <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and even though I was starting to wind down. I'd always thought about, about potentially going into the cooking and being a chef. And so, um, I actually did do that for a couple of years. I cooked for a couple of years in Dallas and Austin. And, um, it was, it was an amazing experience. It was so high pressure and stressful that it has made everything since then seem, seem relatively easy. Um, and then I went to law school. Um, uh, my, Basically, I kind of got tired of being poor, and my dad, who's a lawyer, was was always, for years had been whispering, you can always go back to law school. (laughs) Uh, And I did, and actually, I loved law school. I I thought it was really interesting. I really liked studying constitutional law in particular. Uh, And then I I became a lawyer and and absolutely hated uh, actually practicing law. So um, I didn't know that for about four years. I was a lawyer in, in New York. And fortunately, the school I went to, SMU in Dallas, um, they started a uh, the Guild Hall at SMU, which is a, a video game uh, design program. And Jay Leno picked it up and made fun of it in his monologue, which is uh, actually <laughs> And uh, you know, SM, SMU doesn't get gets get picked up unless they're getting kicked out of the NCAA or something like that at national news. And um, and so yeah, they were <coughs> Jay Leno was something along the lines of SMU is finally just. Created a major, more um, useless than political science, video games, and I was like, actually, that sounds really amazing. <laughs> and uh, four or five months later, I, my wife and I were back in Dallas, and, and I, I uh, went through the guild hall for a year and a half and got the job at Ins- Insomniac about uh, about four weeks before I graduated.
1: Wow, wow. that's pretty. So, awesome. so I mean, uh, so this is yeah, this is Cicero here. So, I mean, it sounds like duh, the natural progression into getting into games. You know, obviously, you took. You know, it's 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 the story that we've all heard before, Drew. That was boring. Uh, <laughs> you know, come up with something original. Um, but so, I, I guess before we really, really get into to Sunset Overdrive proper, I think you know one of the things that if if people are fans of of Insomniac like we are, um, of you know of the Ratchet and Clank series, of of Resistance, of even you know even Fuse. That I think that you can see some of the 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 genetic material from those previous games in in Sunset Overdrive, um, you know, and 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 I guess part of the question is the Fuse E three trailer that originally came out is very very um, indicative of the art style that Sunset Overdrive used when you guys made Fuse. Um, did you internally know when fuse actually came out did you know that that you were going to dump the the art style that you used in the e3 uh, trailer to to eventually make sunset overdrive and what kind of what kind of uh, inspirations did you draw from you know the Ratchet series which was a great series and all of the, all of the series that, that preceded it to in, in you know when making uh, sunset.
3: Yeah, no, um, I don't think we knew about the. We didn't. We actually didn't know about this. The the what, this, what was going to be the stylistic change in views. Um, it was really just something. Uh, again, Marcus, Marcus and I, uh, you know, Marcus and I. I think a lot of people that have saw me. I came here because we loved Spyro and we loved Ratchet and we loved the, the gameplay mechanics and the, the you know the the aesthetics of those games. The bright colors, the crazy explosions, and things like that. The, to me, the reason I yeah. wanted to Insomniac is
2: sure. they were,
3: were great games, but they always felt like they had a real sense of, of, of joy and, and fun to them. Right. Um, and uh, and then I, I came here and I, I did work on, on a Ratchet game in the middle there, but I spent the first one, two, three, I spent five of my first six years at Insomniac working on, on Resistance games. I worked on Resistance One, Resistance Two, uh, and and then Resistance Three as well. Uh, and Marcus, the creative director, he worked on. uh He spent his, I think, first seven years just nonstop working on the Resistance franchise. Okay. Uh, and so I think, I think, sort of the the combination of our love for the 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 tight mechanics, but the and the aesthetics of of Spyro and Ratchet, but then having spent you know many years working on on more hardcore games. Uh, with, with the Resistance franchise. I, I think that those sort of melded a little bit in that sense of taking a, a lighter tone and a lighter style, making the mechanics a little bit tougher, a little bit more in depth. And, we've, and we've, one of the ways we, we've described Sunset Overdrive is this is a game that, that's for people who, who grew up loving Spyro and, and Ratchet but are, are adults now and, and looking for something a little bit more challenging and a little, more, little bit more grown up in town.
0: Awesome. Uh, this is Khalif again. Um, so that segues perfectly right into what we wanted to talk about, what everyone wants to know about. If you haven't heard about Sunset Overdrive and you're just now hearing it, I don't know what's been going on in your brain. I don't know where, what rocks you've been hanging out under. Uh, but if you could give a quick overview of what Sunset Overdrive is, uh, what some of the gameplay mechanics are, what your thought processes are uh, with all that entailing. In,
3: in, in yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, 2027. Uh, the fictional city of Sunset City. Um, you, uh, play a character who is, uh, working a, a dead end job, uh, and actually working at, at a, a party that, um, that Fisco, this giant company, is throwing for their new energy drink overcharge. Uh, and while everyone else in the city is having a great time celebrating, you're, you're cleaning up after them. Um, <laughs> it turns out to be good for you because Fisco pushed overcharged through FDA testing and uh, it turns out that drinking it turns uh, turns everyone into mutants and so you freak out everyone's you know all these mutants are chasing after you run home and, and, and hide in your your home for a while and at first you're absolutely terrified you know this is this is the, it is the end of the world um, but then after a while you start realizing hey this is this really is kind of the end of my old world but a, a chance for a new world where I don't have this crappy job. And I don't have a boss telling me what to do, and I uh, don't have anyone, you know, neighbors telling me how loud I can play my music, and I don't have police telling me I can't uh, strap dynamite to a teddy bear and shoot <laughs> it off and, and blow things up. Um, and so we, we kind of flip it on its head instead of the, uh, this, this end of being the end of civilization, but sort of a new beginning for the, the character. Um, and 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 we use the term. The awesome apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> nice. As far as mechanically, you know, we've got this massive open world city. Uh, it's really big and bright and and uh, and and beautiful. Uh, we've got a lot of traversal mechanics. Your character, almost everything in the in the world, uh, allows you to to do some sort of traversal. Whether it's bouncing off of cars or awnings or umbrellas, uh, air conditioning vents. To grinding along telephone wires and handrails and building edges, you can dash through the air. You can slide across water. And while you're doing all that, we've got the, the trademark Insomniac uh, crazy weapons. We've got the TNT, Teddy, the one I was just talking about, with the the dynamite strapped to the bear. We've got the Roman uh, the Roman candle gun, which shoots uh, uh, fireworks. Uh, we've got the high fidelity one, kind of our our, our signature weapon which shoots 12 uh, inch vinyl LPS that'll bounce around the environment and stick. In <laughs>
2: stuff.
3: Um, just a just a lot of uh, a lot of craziness as you're um, able to move and grind and, and bounce and, and wreck havoc as you're moving through the city.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, so we've had a lot of questions about uh, the weapons in the game, and we talked about and kind of touched upon some of the influences that that came before it. Um we heard uh I guess in one of the one of the other interviews that you had done that you had a favorite weapon what's the name of that weapon I think it was a one-handed
3: something or other I uh, like the yeah the one-handed dragon
0: Yes the one-handed dragon so we so we asked some folks we said um you know if you guys had a question for for Drew what would it be and one of the questions was uh if if there was a, a weapon that basically didn't make it off the cutting room floor that you wish had made it into the game what was one of those weapons
3: I can't you know, I think almost all the weapons we wanted to get in we get we got in, um, but you
1: didn't that you didn't get in, yeah,
3: yeah, I think we got almost all of them in really,
1: oh uh, wow, that's
0: awesome
3: yeah we you know i feel like i feel like I feel like on the the p s two era we were at that point where we were still having ideas that didn't really work from
2: a technical standpoint okay, sure, uh,
3: you know that like in Ratchet we had the uh the, the disco ball in, in Russian Clank Future 1 that <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: uh, I really created back on that and wanted for years, and it just didn't make sense uh, before the PS3. But since then, we're, we, most of the technical limitations are, are gone, and I, I really don't think that there was anything that we were like, yeah, if we had if just uh, had a little bit more time. like I, I think we, we landed everything that we wanted to land on the weapons. Nice.
1: Nice. So, uh, our, our community is, is really interested in, in, in diversity in gaming. Um, and one of the things that you guys came out with really, really early was, was the fact that you would, that the, the character that we saw in the E3 trailer, which was awesome, by the way, uh, my favorite trailer of, of the, of the first two days, um, uh, but uh, you know that the the character that you saw there wasn't going to be the character that customer characterization or character customization um, was was really important. Um, why was it important to you guys? You
3: know, one of the one of the first themes that, that Marcus and I uh, came up with was this this idea of, of be who you want to be. That um, with the idea that you know there are all these. Um, there are all these unspoken rules in society and, and, uh, Marcus and I both have, have young daughters and, uh, Marcus will tell the story of, you know, that all the, all the things that his daughter Ruby wants to wear to school that he's like, you, you can't do that because
2: people, <laughs>
3: people will think you're crazy and people will think I'm crazy.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's
3: like, there are some people who dress in, in interesting ways in the world, but not that many. And it, it takes a lot of, I think, it takes a lot of gumption to 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 kind of stand out and if you're if you're going to have an opportunity to do that and and sort of play with expressing yourself and, and different that's 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 part of what video games I think are for and right. um, just the idea of, of be who you want to be um, we knew right away that the, the most obvious way for that to to come through in a, in a game is is your physical appearance and so one of the first things we said we want to have different body sizes. We want to have male and female. We want to uh, we want all the we want any vanity option that you can you can choose to be able to fit on any body size and either gender. We want to have um, different races. Um, you know, we just we just wanted to have a lot of diversity, which is was a, a huge new thing for us. It's certainly something that um, we haven't had a lot of, of female characters in the past. Uh, you know, Fuse I think was our first main female character, right? Um, right. And yeah. we just we haven't had I think the we haven't had that much customization. I don't think we've had the diversity that that we were interested in having. And I I think that uh, I'm actually really excited with with where we ended up. You know, I think there's always uh, room for improvement and and adding more options. But uh, I've, I've Obviously, played the game
1: for,
3: for thousands of hours now, and uh, I still have a lot of fun making up uh, different different characters and combinations.
1: Nice, nice. So, uh, I guess a, a quick follow up question for that is: uh, there, We have a, a couple of uh, Sikh listeners, and they're interested in wondering if there are any turbans available.
3: There is there 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 is at least one turban available, maybe a, a, a couple. Um,
1: oh,
2: awesome!
3: I actually. I actually I personally have, uh, I love the aesthetics of, of, of India. Like, right. I, mm. I for a couple of years ago, I actually, for my 40th birthday, I actually wore a, a turban and a, a formal Indian outfit to my birthday party. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so, one of, a lot of the early inspiration, we were looking at a lot of the, the colors from India and, and, uh, the aesthetics of, of India. Uh, you know, then just the, the, those true saturated colors—if you—if you just look at photographs of like their markets and things—are so unbelievably beautiful, and I think I think that a lot of that ended up shining through in in, uh, in Sunset Overdrive.
1: That's that's amazing. Um, people will be very very happy to hear that. Um, it, it's actually making me smile really hard. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, You guys, you guys are awesome. Awesome for that. Um, so, you know, really, really quickly, I, I heard that in your, um, in your pitch to Microsoft that you jumped up on a chair. Um, so did you, I, you know, I really want to know is how long had you been training with Tom Cruise prior to that? Or did you like, did you watch the Oprah film? Like the Zapruder, like, did you watch the Oprah interview? Like the Zapruder film, how did, you know, how did that go?
3: Um, yeah, just uh, you know, we were when we were starting to practice um, our 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 pitch. Um, you know, we, it's hard to I think it's hard to convey the the energy of, of video games while you're 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 talking. As 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 the phrase goes, you're you're dancing about the architecture. Um, and you know, we were talking about. I was like, I think one of the best ways for us to do this is that just kind of talk through like really quickly like what a uh a little gameplay experience would be like and um at the at the time the game was a little bit different but it, it you know it, it was close enough to what it is now it culminated in that uh the, the little description i was doing this culminated this night defense where everything was going crazy these traps were going off and you're the last stand you're trying to defend this this bat of overcharge um and i was just you know, as I was practicing, we had a low table that's like a foot and a half high, and I was standing up on it as we were doing it. And then we got there, and I was, I was like, I was talking to Mark, and I was like, maybe I really should stand on the table. I was like, yeah, totally do that. And we got, felt the table, and it was a little, it uh, a little bit flimsy, and I was like, I'm afraid it's going to actually like, like break if I stand on it. So I jumped up into a ch- into a swivel chair, which maybe wasn't the smartest, uh, the smartest thing, since it is. Definitely not as stable as a uh, <laughs> as, as a table, but someone smashed their hand out and, and grabbed it, and, and I, I, I I stayed up. And I think um you know I think that our I think our idea was very different from what you know a lot of video games are. But I think that one of the things that really captured Microsoft right away was that we were we were very passionate about that game. And uh, I don't uh, I don't get. get I don't get embarrassed easily, and I'm I'm happy to, to throw myself out there a little bit. And I think that Microsoft really responded the the energy that we we brought, and, and again the clear passion we have for the game.
2: Yes. Awesome. awesome. Know,
0: speaking of like passion and energy, it seems like you know just you relating that story and us having conversations with uh, Lisa Brown, our one of our favorite folks on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and just hearing how enthusiastic she is about all the projects that you guys get to do. Um it, and even Brian Winfrey, who I absolutely love, uh, <laughs> uh, the the segments that he does on on the YouTube oh, channel, yeah. he's amazing. he's awesome. He's ridiculously awesome. Um, it sounds like that energy kind of is, is even prevalent within the game itself. Um, can you give a little bit of of, of background on uh, on the team and just a little bit of like how the how the day to day working with those guys uh is uh, working on Sunset?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Like I said, the, the game that we originally pitched was a was pretty different from where we ended up. Um, we wanted to have this very stylized look, um, but from the original concept that Marcus and I were first talking about, we when we started, even when we started working on it, it was still much more grounded gameplay wise. Um, there wasn't all the crazy traversal. There actually weren't all the crazy weapons, um, and I think that the. the Frankly the smartest thing that Marcus and I did and the best thing we did was say that, you know, if something is fun, don't worry about don't worry about reality here. If something is fun, this isn't meant to be a sensible world. We don't have to explain why things work. We're acknowledging that we're a video game. And so if you've had some crazy idea that you've been hanging on to for the last ten years, this is the time to, to, to put it out. And uh, and we were just especially in the first year, we were just not real into. We didn't say no a lot. Uh, we we would say a lot of the time we don't think that's going to fit. We don't think that's going to work. But uh, but why don't you take a couple days and, and see what you can see what you can, you can do. Uh, and and from that, that's honestly how Sunset Overdrive came to be. It was really this very organic process where different developers would get passionate about about a particular idea and just go go crazy with it um the whole traversal system that came out of uh cameron christian one of our designers he had a big love for uh jet grind radio and marcus and I, Our uh, old, uh you know old school skateboarders and love tony hawk and ssx and, uh, but when cameron first pitched it we were like no this is that doesn't make any sense for this game <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that was that was one of the only no's, huh well,
1: it well like, eventually it turned into a yes obviously
3: it eventually turned into a yes, and it was one of those. It was like this isn't going to work, but we'll give you a few days. And it's like, well, that's not great, but go ahead and keep working on it. It's like, uh, that's all right. Well, what else would we do with it? And then, you know, three, three or four months later, the game was was completely different. Um, right. Same thing with with the weapons. You know, I was I was actually the one who was like, we're not doing crazy weapons for this game because every time we do, we make a game. Uh, people always talk about, well, this is Insomniac. They're doing their crazy weapons again. I'm, I want people to talk about anything but crazy weapons with mm. this game. Um, but then Neil Walker, one of the designers, uh, we were talking at the time, we were saying that the rock and roll end times just to get people thinking about this, you know, this different attitude towards the end times and, Neil pitched the, the high-fidelity, the one that shoots uh, record albums. Nice. And we are like, no, it's crazy weapons. It's
1: <laughs> you're, taking, you're taking
3: the rock and roll in times way too literally. This is what people are like, so when is the rhythm game going to come in? Oh. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: and, but we were like, whatever, you can have a couple days to, to, to mess around with it. And he, he you know, got a prototype up and running and showed it to us. And I'm just like, God.
2: <laughs>
3: we got to do we got okay we got to put crazy weapons back in <laughs> right. we'll start having It's, that, right? it's so, you know the most you know, very organic process of, of 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 um of people just being passionate about things and and taking the opportunities to to uh to get something quick up and running and and convincing us that that it it, it fit in the world. Right. Right.
1: Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of you know it is it is your signature and it's not it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing cuz nobody does it like you guys do. Uh um, so so yeah I mean it's it's just really awesome. Um really quickly I know I know you guys uh you know have to go really soon but uh we wanted to talk multiplayer before we left and and you know how does it factor into the game is it is it um you know I know that you guys kind of talked about the, the the chaos squad um if you can kind of elaborate on that and is is there a multiplayer component for the campaign? Uh
3: there is no multiplayer in the campaign. Uh, okay. it's a single player campaign and we we thought about doing the uh, multiplayer and ultimately, like, I think one of the things that we're most excited and, and proud of is for being this big open world game, the, the, the golden path missions tend to still be very handcrafted um, and very unique, you tend to be using, you know, very different mechanics in, in, in each mission. Um, and In, in Resistance 3, we had had a number of ideas that we, we wanted to do that because we, we put in two player, uh, co-op in the campaign, we ended up not being able to do. Um, and, and for Sunset Overdrive, we, we really wanted to push the uniqueness of, of each mission. And so, um, we made the, we made the deliberate decision to make, to make the campaign single player. We've also got this great mode, which is, as you said, Chaos Quad, which, um, you can seamlessly enter. You can, to, to get into it, you just walk up to, a phone booth in the campaign and interact with it, and you'll match make right into uh, a Chaos Squad match. And Chaos Squad is is an eight player cooperative experience. Um it's, it is different from the campaign, but it takes place in the exact same the same city. Awesome. So like you will be in the same city, the same spaces that you were playing the campaign in, and it's all kinds of different objectives. Each it, it, you play it at, in rounds that take about twenty to twenty five minutes to play. You play some small missions that then Culminate in a in a big night defense where you're setting up traps with your teammates and you're trying to defend these over overcharged bats as hordes of enemies come pouring in. Um, there's a ton of different mission variety, everything from combat missions to um, you know trying to get places in a, in a in a certain amount of time to sort of more arcadey challenges where um, little. Little eight bit looking points will show up all over the world on traversal elements. And you and your team are trying to gather as many points as you can in a, in a, in a couple minutes and, uh, trying to get, both get as many points as you can for your team, but also get the most points of anyone, uh, on the team and, nice. uh, little, little, you know, little mild, um, competitive elements in there as well. Um, and it's, it's just a great experience. It really takes what is special about. The core mechanics from from the, the campaign and, and multiplies that chaos by uh, by eight. And uh, again, one of the things that we're really excited about is is having this more cohesive experience where you know that character you create, whatever whatever you look, you have that carries back and forth between the modes. But also any sort of progress you make. So if you um, you know if you've unlocked certain character abilities, or if you've got earned weapons, or that kind of thing. And single player, you can take those over into to Chaos Squad, um, and if you awesome. are some Chaos Squad, you can carry it right back into uh, into into campaign.
1: So awesome, awesome! That's yeah, great. that's right,
3: and, it, and that it, that really becomes where our in-game experiences. You know, the the, the toughest difficulties of, of Chaos Squad are where you're going to have have to have beaten the campaign, wanting to have earned all the extras you can in campaign. And then get into Chaos Squad and and really build up, um, unlock the rewards there, and, and really know what you're doing to to beat those highest difficulties.
1: That's amazing. Very, very so really, really, really quickly, um, Smart Glass. Are you guys doing anything with that? No, nope, not right now. Okay. Okay.
0: Any any connect functionality either? Nope, not right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: That's, no, we, that's, yeah. that's 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 the DLC. Yeah, 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 I'll say there's
3: there's no plans and anything right now with Smart Glass. Sure.
1: Uh, it really is a,
3: a game that was built around using the the controller. Uh-huh. Um, we 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 talked about some one off things with the Kinect. You know, we're doing a lot of fourth wall breaking breaking things in the game. Yeah, right. uh, we talked about doing some things with that uh, with sure. with the Kinect now being being unbundled um, from from the Xbox One. I think we we have to think even harder about whether or not we do that in the future. But sure.
2: um,
3: but yeah. I, I, the game, the game is solid. We we talked about both connected smart glass and and this is by far the biggest game that Insomniac has ever made. It's our first open world game. It's our first game with character customization. It's got a lot of firsts for us and uh, and we we frankly we needed to focus on the core experience to make that super tight and get that out of the. Uh, out of the door and uh in players hands in
2: just
0: 11 days from, from when we're recording this very right. cool uh we had one last actually like two quick last questions sure. uh, uh from the audience uh thank you guys for sending stuff in uh, we really appreciate it uh sharif jackson uh, from sharif what up sharif uh asked he says uh what would you guys say is the compliment that you're most forward uh, looking forward to hearing something that's like, this is the best looking game I've ever played, or this is the funniest game I've ever played.
3: Um, I think the compliment that I'm looking most forward to is people saying, oh yeah, I remember that video games used to be about having fun. <laughs> ah, yes. Nice.
1: Nice. Yes. Um, yes.
3: I think, I think that people are doing, I think that's not to so disparaging but I think people are doing amazing things with, with creating, you know, uh, really pushing for deeper emotions and really pushing for cinematography and reality. I think, getting, like what Naughty Dog does with with Last of Us, is is mind blowing. Um, but I think that Insomniac has always been about about had a, a sense of joy and fun about it. Right. right. And uh, and it's just something that something I think is in the DNA of, of this company and something that I think is what drew a lot of us here. And I'm, I'm really excited that insomniac is, is, is is back to that feeling.
0: Very cool. And, and I guess a personal question for me is who do I have to hug to get a spawn on me shirt in game? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm good good at hugging. I'm a really good (laughs) hugger.
3: You know what? I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure that Brandon loves getting
2: hugs. He probably devours them like
3: a a black hole devours white. I
0: appreciate that. That is not bad at all. Um, And I guess the last thing before we let you go is since the game is done, uh, you guys are connected to actually one of the most awesome bundles, too, that's coming out. I, I should have waited for the white Xbox. I should have waited, but I was too excited. Um, so now that everything is gold cert is about to be out in the stores. What's next for you guys? What do you guys have uh, left? What are you going to do uh, while all this stuff is out in the world? Yeah.
2: Um,
3: guys, we're working on uh, DLC. We've announced that we've got two DLC packs coming out. So, um, you know, those take a lot of work uh, and are, are getting those rolled out and worked on right now. Uh, after that, I think we're, I know I'm wanting to take a vacation, remind yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my, my daughter that, uh, that she does have a, a father nice. and, um, uh, oh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I think we'll just be looking to see what the reception is to, uh, to, to Sunset Overdrive. And again, we, it's coming right around the corner and I know that I'm, I'm sure I'll be sitting there clicking on uh neogap and review sites and everything, waiting to see what the world thinks. Absolutely. Nice.
0: We're, we're definitely, once we, once we get copies in our hands, we're going to be talking about it on the show often, uh, yeah. and, and as much as we possibly can, because yeah. I'm sure we're excited as much as you guys are, uh, to, to get our hands on it as the audience is as well. Cool. Um,
3: let us, let us know what you think.
0: Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: You definitely will. You'll definitely hear about it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Go I, ahead.
0: I was just going to thank Drew for, for, for being a part of the show. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and, and telling us about Sunset. Again, we're really excited. It's like a week away once this goes live, and, and yeah. we're, we're super hyped for it. So thank you again for being a part of this.
1: October for, 28th X- on the Xbox One. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm,
3: uh, we're really pumped about it. We've been working on it a long time. It's, it's, uh, I, I love talking about the game. I still, after thousands of hours, I still love playing the game, and uh, it's great hearing that people are excited about it. I can't wait for you guys to get to check it out.
0: Very nice. cool. So, so, Spawn on Me folks, Spawn on Me family, go out there and check that out. Uh, let us know what you think. Let Insomniac folks and Drew know what you think once it goes live and out in the world. And then, uh, we'll be able to talk to you about it and, and hopefully be able to speak to you, uh, in another episode or another time soon, Drew.
3: Sounds great. Thank you guys. Very,
0: Thank very cool. you. So that was our interview with the dope folks from Insomniac Games. Um, it was really, really fun to talk to Drew. And to to Ryan and uh, get a quick uh, kind of overview and get some tidbits of news and kind of uh, back scene uh back <laughs> behind the scenes looks about what what that entails and how to make a game like that. And, and, and some of the things you're going to see when you get uh, Sunset Overdrive in your home. Um We had a lot of fun hanging out with them and getting to talk to them about diversity and talking about, you know, why the game was made the way it was. And we hope that you really, really enjoyed it. We're hoping that we're able to do that uh, more often. Uh, We kind of lean on you guys to also when we tweet out stuff to share that stuff out with those developers so that they know that we're really for real um so we want to give them a quick shout out and thank you as well for 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 being so dope and hanging out with us and letting us uh pick their brains about awesome stuff what do what did you think C?
1: um it was it was dope yo they have turbans there are turbans in the game so i mean like you can not only are you going to be able to customize your character any way that you want um but like literally it it includes everyone so i mean that's wonderful that is that is fantastic um i i will say that uh nobody knows who ryan is uh true uh, so but um you know ryan you know who you are so if you're listening uh, thanks a lot. We really, we really appreciate everything that you de- that you've done. No, we um, should
0: we should tell him. he has he has a proper title. Yeah, proper title. Yeah, has-
1: Ryan Sh- Ryan Schneider is the uh director of PR over at Insomniac Games, and uh, and Drew Murray is the the one of the game directors for uh, Sunset Overdrive, and he's been there for um, I, I guess going on ten or fifteen years. We may have been there even longer. Yeah, than that. basically. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, really, really awesome guy. Um, all things are made possible by the lovely Lisa Brown. Um Shout Lisa out to Lisa Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean you know, shouts shouts, eternal shouts. Recallose shouts to Lisa Brown. Um, you know we we are forever in your debt. Um you already know, you already know how I feel about you. Um, Bette Midler put it best when she said, uh, you are the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) So thank you very much, Lisa, um, for, for everything that you've done for us. And, uh, You know, uh, the guys the guys over at Insomniac, um, even you know. So if they if they sounded great, you know, obviously Lisa was a lot of fun when we when we spent some time with her before, Um, and uh, you know the the interview with Drew was was wonderful, and and you know as personable as they sound in the interview, you know, to a person, everyone that I've dealt with over at Insomniac is just they're just wonderful 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 people um i you know i can't i can't say enough uh positive things about them Um, yeah absolutely yeah you know when when you you hear some of the horror stories about some of the other companies um you know some of the things that that came out of uh activision and the, the call of duty meyer and and uh some of the things that that came out of uh the, the, the guys over at Irrational Games and, and how they've been working and stuff like that to be able to to talk about a, a, a game studio and have really positive, wonderful things to say about them is is just a nice thing. So um, I, I really love those guys. Uh, and uh, we're, we're super happy to be able to be one of the few places that you'll be able to hear about Sunset Overdrive before it's released.
0: Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, I was already ex- uh, <clears throat> super excited about the game. You heard it in the interview itself, um, but it's also, like I said, one of the re- it's the reason so far why I have an Xbox One, so I'm super hyped for that game to come out. Uh, it sounds like they're an awesome studio to work for, um, and I think studios that treat their people well, at least from, from the conversations I've had with folks uh, on that side um we should support those folks give yeah. them give them some of your time give them some of your money uh if you like the game if you're interested in it and um right. we're, thank you thank you guys so much again for that um yeah. and if you guys want to hear more stuff like that from us <clears throat> let us know who you want us to go try to try to snag an interview right. we have our own personal guest list that we like our, our wish list uh for guests and stuff um <clears throat> aisha tyler uh right. but we, <laughs> But we want to make sure that we are also listening to folks that you want us to listen to and speak to and and pick their brains about games that are coming up or folks that you find uh, really interesting in the game space. So please tweet at us with all that stuff. Uh, Email us with all that stuff. And we will try our hardest
1: to get those
0: folks on the show.
1: Um, Additionally, you know, right before, uh, you know, we're we're about to uh, scoot, scoot, skedaddle out of here. Um, A a light show for us clocking in at around, around 90 minutes. Um, but uh, um, what we would really, really like to do next week for episode 35, um, uh, 35 doesn't really hold a, a, a key place in, in Nick's lore, so it won't be um, co-sponsored by a former Nick. Um, we'll be co-sponsored so- by Clarence Weatherspoon. Yeah, right. Yes, by <laughs> um, the what we love is an ask us anything type of um, type of show. Um, we really want to hear from the community. We really want you guys to ask us some questions. Ask us quite literally anything. I won't give out my social security number. Um, you can ask me for it. Um, I will either say no or give you someone else's social security number. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, listen, man, we you know, we've been we've been doing this for for almost uh, for almost nine, 11 months. And uh, we want to hear from you guys about what it is that uh, makes you keep coming back and and, you know, why why you like us, what you know, what we what we do and, and all that other jazz. So uh, get those questions in, get them in via tweets, get them in via uh, email. Breaking Um, news. Breaking news. Oh, oh,
0: oh. You'll also be able to send us a voicemail. Holy shit. Look at that. Mother effing technology. Uh, So SpeakPipe, uh, we made a SpeakPipe uh, account, or I made a SpeakPipe SpeakPipe account. uh, 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 SpeakPipe. Yeah, so you'll be able to leave us like a ninety second uh, thingy over there, and then we will listen to those, those on the show. We, I may try to figure out a way to incorporate that into the actual audio of the show. So if you're going to do that, please go somewhere quiet and go somewhere where you can talk semi loud, uh, so I'll be able to hear you and it sounds good on the show. Yeah, you don't have uh, to and shout. And then we'll no. yeah, you don't have to shout. It's not shout pipe. It's speed pipe. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, and then you'll be able to hear yourself on the air. So that would be cool too. Once yeah. we get that up and running. So yep. All that is good in the hood.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you should uh, check our social media feeds uh, for when that when that stuff is up. And those social media feeds are as follow. Um, the show is Spawn On Me. The site is Spawn Point Blog. Our great Captain, Khalif Adams, is at Kajakins, and yours truly is at Stubby Stan. Don't forget Dan the Robot. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, that's Dan Moore. And uh, we need to uh, definitely highlight our Facebook pages. Make sure you go and and, uh, become become, uh, fans of our Facebook pages, both the Spawn Point Gaming blog and the Spawn On Me podcast. Um, And remember to follow our show on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave reviews like people have been. Uh, Follow us, subscribe, uh, Stitcher. Check us out. Um, tell your cats. Tell your dogs. Tell your bigots. Um, you know. <laughs> tell your misogynists. Uh, tell tell everybody about the show. Um, you know. Tell your ODs in. Uh, um, you know. In Sunset Overdrive. Uh, th- that would be great. Um, there was something else that I thought was important. I know what I- it is. Oh, okay, good.
0: So thank you again to everyone that voted for our podcast in the black web blog awards there it is that was thank- it
1: holy shit you are look at that we are wonderful we are look one.
0: at that we are one uh so so thank you everyone who voted for us we we unfortunately didn't make it on the podcasting side we did yeah. get beat i out. demand a recount i'm saying i mean i think that was a die issue right. i think there was some die machines that were being used yeah yeah. Uh, so thank you to everyone who voted for us in there. We did not make it, but our website did make it into the second round uh, for best gaming and or uh, comics blog. And we have some really formidable uh, competition. We are we are pitted up against the dopeness that is the Fanbro show. Right. And if you've ever listened to their show, you know that they are really good at what they do. Um, but they're not spawning on us.
1: Right, they're not spawn on us. They're not. Nope. The, no. <laughs> no. Not. I'm
0: combining. I'm combining spawn on me and the spawn point blog into spawn on us.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. J- you just for there this
0: episode, uh, only.
1: Right. Right. Just for this moment. Right. Just now. for this. Just this magic right. moment. Right. So, uh, yeah, they are not the spawn point blog. Um, they are our friends, um, but we will kick their ass. Um, and we will fight uh, them to the death. Right. Right. cha and um yeah so yeah so get out the vote again check our social media feeds for when the voting starts um i want to say the best of luck to our friends over at the good and terrible show part of the cold slither podcasting network um had had you know run by our, our buddy my literal my literal brother um my lb classic materia bbs um and uh and uh, you know, I want to say Jackson best well. best of luck to them, and uh, best of luck to Dino Red, um, the the um, the the showrunner for the Shiznit show, which is also also nominated for the best podcast. Um, it was a pleasure running against you guys. It was a pleasure being nominated, and um, you know, I demand a recount because we are the best podcast of of all of those that were out there. Plus, we're the best podcast on on the internet.
0: Yes, as our Duh. iTunes reviews have sold us. Exactly. The, the word. You, you guys have
1: said it, so it must be true.
0: In the words of Ice. <laughs> damn it.
1: What? <laughs> what? I tried to
2: what
0: do it, in did <laughs> I was going to say, in the words of Vanilla Ice, word to your mother. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, and I've totally botched it. God damn it.
1: Yeah, well, you know God what, damn it. you know what, better that you didn't because we would immediately become the worst podcast. Shut <laughs> up. Anyway, anywho, uh,
0: yeah. So thank you guys for all that all right. stuff. Oh, Sharif Jackson is also in that crew too. He's nominated and vote for him. He's dope. Oh
1: yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, his his hashtag didn't make it. Um, I think it was it was uh uh th- what happened was people were writing in hashtag prognostications. <laughs> um and and not voting for his so his hashtag didn't make it but science looks good science looks good.com is up for uh best science or technology blog um it, bef- it definitely is um so so yeah please get out and and vote for that as well super dopeness yes um yes.
0: so until next week we want to thank you again for listening yeah. thank you again for sharing the show please do so and we will say peace
2: peace
0: yo man let's get out of here Word to your mother.